0: It is Thursday, October 8th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who's always operating at full capacity, J.P.
1: Shadrick. You got that right. Welcome in Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday ahead of the Jaguars-Texans matchup in week five. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. We've got a show for you today. The Jaguars-Texans preview will dig into the X's and O's a little bit today and how these teams match up. The defense looking for a 60-minute performance, played pretty well in the first half. They had a turnover, they had the lead at halftime and then got run all over in the second half last week. They've got to face Deshaun Watson here in week five. The balance of the offense continues to be a talking point, how can they get James Robinson the football a little bit more on the ground and balance it out. Tony Baselli joins us from Chicago at 430. He's up there for Thursday night football, the Bears and the Buccaneers. Brady versus Foles tonight, COVID-19 issues around the league, including certainly in Tennessee, the division rivals having plenty of issues and nothing official has come down from the league yet as to this week's game with the bills will go into Thursday night football as well with Tony. Uh, Jeff Lageman from the home studio. Good afternoon. What's happening?
2: Hey, JP. How you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well. We're ready for some football. The Jags have a three-game slide going now. The Texans are 0-4, and they fired their head coach. Bill O'Brien is gone on Monday. Romeo Cornell is the interim head coach. It's, uh, you know... We'll, 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 just, we'll hear from Doug Marone coming up. He's obviously very close to Bill O'Brien, but does this do anything for the Texans? Does this rally the troops, circle the wagons, fill in the cliche for something to get them maybe a little more, uh, a little more pep in, them, in their step of, of sorts this week?
3: Uh,
2: I, I, I think it's a great question, and, and I think teams sometimes can get, I don't want to say a boost or a lift, but I think they can all of a sudden play differently after the coach is fired because when a coach gets fired, everybody kind of gets put on notice. Hey, look, your jobs are on the line, and if we don't play well after the coach is already gone, so guess who's next? It'd be my rear end, right? I mean, if I'm a player. So you, you start to think about, well, I better start taking care of my own job so that I can keep my job going forward. So you could get a little bit of a boost, but then uh, it's, not, it's nothing that's typically permanent or long lasting. And, uh, and I think it's in, some time, in some cases it can be very disruptive because the players now have a distraction. You now have a, a lot of change, and especially in the year 2020 with COVID and protocols. and I mean, it's hard enough playing football right now than it is without trying to make an in-season change with with the head coach. And and for me, personally, I I don't know what the Texans are doing. Uh, Why would you fire the head coach after four games unless it was something really egregious? Which we haven't heard anything of that nature. I mean, if you're firing a coach because he lost the first four games, you just gave him the title of general manager to go along with being the head coach back in January. He has taken your team to a division title, I think, four out of the last five years. You go back to 2018, he started the season out 0 3, and guess what? He led the team to the playoffs that year. I, I, just, I, just, I just don't understand it. This, to me, JP, I smell, I smell power play. And, uh, and I don't know what's going on with the Texans. I, I'm not there to experience it, but the, but the whole Jack Easterly thing about how he ended up in the position that he did is very baffling to me, and and I think it's very suspicious with this move that the Texans have made.
1: And we'll see, there are some reports of uh, some some player and coach interactions the last few weeks. Well, I know what, what we're smelling. You know, you said you smell that. Uh, it's, oh, 0-4 smells bad no matter what you put out there. Uh, that that just stinks. So. Uh, things are not going well in Houston, of course. So let's hear from head coach Doug Marone, who is very close to Bill O'Brien, and he had some thoughts about the firing of his friend earlier this week.
3: In this league, I, I, probably, I would say that you know I don't I don't I probably know him better than 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 anyone, and you know I know that he's a an outstanding football coach. He's he's proven that. Um, I know that he's very loyal uh, to his coaches and players and organizations. I think that um you know he's a guy that has won four out of five titles in the afc south and i think he's someone that's uh uh, he's outstanding family man he cares um um, i mean there's just so many great qualities you know i can't believe i have to say this publicly now you know (laughs) because normally i bust his his chops but um he's a great friend and um you know it's always sad you know when you see things like this and um you know, I'm sure that he'll have you know, opportunities down the road because, because of all the things that he's done.
1: All right, so obviously we've known this storyline for a few years, how close they are. So it's on to Romeo Cornell logs, who doesn't have a great record as a head coach in his career. But he's been in the league and is highly respected. He's been in the league since 1981. He's been around for a long time, and he's been there. For a long time. So it's not like a huge amount of change, except the head coach is gone. You buying that?
2: Uh, I mean, look, I, that, that, my, that's my whole point is that, I mean, first of all, Romeo Cornell is one of the most respected coaches to ever walk the halls of the NFL. I mean, he, he's right up there with, you know, a Terry Robisky. You know, when you're talking about uh, guys that have been around for a long period of time and garner just a ton of respect. And Romeo Cornell, even though he no longer holds the title of defensive coordinator, has been a, made a big impact with the Houston Texans in a lot of different ways. And probably the most significant way was uh, being a defensive coach. And so uh, I, I don't, you know, look, a lot of people, when, when you have this type of situation where an interim coach takes over, a lot of people say, well, maybe the interim coach had a little bit of influence in getting the coach fired. If anybody's thinking that, with Romeo Cornell, they're, they're barking up the wrong tree. That's not the type of guy that he is. And uh, Romeo Cornell would love nothing more than to continue to work for Bill O'Brien in the capacity that he was working in. And so uh, I think he's going to do a, a good job for the Houston Texans. And I think the interesting thing to me is, is that as a head coach, you know I mean, you have a limited amount of time to really put your imprint, and you're not going to change the scheme. You know, that, and that was kind of my point there is that you know, what are you affecting change-wise by changing your head coach after you've just finished your fourth game of the season? I mean, you just can't really affect any change whatsoever. You know, so uh, that move right there, you know, and especially with a team that has clearly has a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, even though his numbers are a little bit down this year, but I think the number of weapons that he has around him certainly are down this year too. So, uh, you know, good for the Jaguars. And, you know, you got a little bit of, Dysfunction, I guess you would call it in Houston, or, or you know, uh, change, whatever you want to call it, distraction. You know, could that be to the Jaguars' advantage this week? Maybe. Uh, but then it could be the opposite, and that you could see a Texans team that comes out with a lot of pep in their step, and all of a sudden they get a little charge out of it, and, and it lasts for a week or two weeks or however long it lasts for. I don't know.
1: Right. And the Jaguars uh, play the Texans twice in the next five weeks of the season, by the way. Uh, we asked Gardner Minshew this week, the uh, Jags media did earlier, about the situation in Houston. He had a little bit of a different perspective.
0: I mean, we got enough turmoil, and turmoil going on, on our own. You know, we got to figure this out first. Um, so, hey, we, we're, we're fired up. We're ready to go. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are writing us out. But uh, the belief on this team is still very strong. And, um, you know, we're ready to get out there as well.
1: Yeah, the the Jags have their own things going on right now. To worry too much about what's going on in Houston, <laughs> JP the, was they that the word the he opponent used? this week. No? Uh, that, that was not the word he used,
2: but uh, yeah, I'm not going to go I there. So. But I think it was a little bit more of a of a color, colorful colorful ter- term that Gardner used. And That's uh, right. I thought that I think so, so sometimes when Gardner Minshew talks, I just sit there and go, man, yeah, you got to love him. He's one of those guys that you just want to. You want to sit down and have a, have a beer with and hang out with because uh, he's just so cool, laid back and, and real, you know. And uh, a lot of times guys, when they get up there and, at the podium, they just sometimes act uh, prepared and, and buttoned up. And, and Gardner sometimes, he just, he just lets it fly. And I, and I think that was a classic line by him and, and a good line by him. You know, hey, one, one more thing, though, about Bill yep. O'Brien. A lot of people say, you know, oh, poor, poor Bill O'Brien. And uh, the one thing I will say is that Bill O'Brien's gonna get a job. Uh, I mean, make no mistake about it. Bill O'Brien is a good football coach. What he was able to do at Penn State alone was unbelievable. And so you have a, a head coach with a phenomenal track record and with the Houston Texans winning division championships, he did a great job with the Texans. Now, you can sit there and debate all you want about the role And the job that he did as general manager, and trading away a lot of really good players, you know the DeAndre Hopkins and Clowney, and not really getting a whole lot in return. And I've been one of those guys that has sat there and criticized a lot of the moves that he made as a general manager. Essentially, he traded away a lot of the future of the Houston Texans to get guys on the football team that have produced very little to nothing. And so they should have just fired. Bill O'Brien, the general manager, or, in fact, if, if you want to go back and, and be honest about it, whoever hired or allowed Bill O'Brien to assume control as the general manager and to allow him to do those moves, whoever allowed that to happen, they should be looking at their own job security. But you really can't because that goes all the way to ownership, JP, in that situation. That's right. But, but one, That's right. one thing, Bill O'Brien had, I think, this year on a contract, two more years on a contract. He was fired. He's going to get all of his money that he was due, and at some point he's going to have the opportunity to coach again, whether it be at the college level and maybe even at the NFL level again. And he's going to be just fine. And when those guys sign up to be coaches in the National Football League, they know what they're getting into. So, so no surprises there when somebody gets fired.
1: More on this from Head Coach Doug Marone coming up in the Doug Marone Show. We'll get his perspective again uh, with his friend. Bill O'Brien, who was let go this week. Now, let's figure some of the Jaguars stuff out, Logs, uh, starting on offense here. Uh, DJ Chark was back in the lineup last week, obviously an immediate impact there. Uh, James Robinson put together another 100-yard 100, another 100 scrimmage yard day in Cincinnati. Uh, what is the, the biggest thing that this Jaguars offense needs to improve upon, in your opinion, right now?
2: Well, everything. You know, I, I think first and foremost, you know, they came out of the gates and they were extremely successful at third down completion or completion percentage and also the conversion rate on third down. And that has dropped significantly in the last couple of weeks. And so yes. in order for your offense to be more productive, they need to find a way to stay on the field more. Well, that's all about third down. I mean, last week, I think it was a good example of that. They were, I think, only 20 percent on third down. and It's hard to win when you're at that level. And how do you how do you be better? On third down, well, you, you're, you're better on the first and second down leading up the third down to give you a more favorable down and distance. And then also, quite simply, your quarterback has to play better. And, uh, and yes, we understand. And everybody sits there and says, well, Gardner Minshew's only, you know, he started 16 games. And that was his 16th game in Cincinnati. Yes, that's true. And yes, he's got a lot of room for improvement. And he's still young. And, and so you expect the, the, the improvement to come. And, and I'm sure it will. But the reality is, if you want to win now, he needs to be better now. And uh, your offense as a whole needs to be better. You know, I think think the one difference I think that really stood out to me, JP, in that game was you kind of compared the performances of the two quarterbacks because it's just natural. I mean, you you just do that. And when you watch Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, who's another young player, who was squeezing the ball and putting it in tight windows, and it wasn't like he just did it in that game. He was doing it in the games leading up to that. And when he had a man coverage opportunity, he was putting it on the dime to his tight end, crossing over with great coverage by Joe Schober. I mean, if Gardner Minshew and the offense are going to take the next step, then he needs to start doing that. He needs to find the windows in the zone. He needs to be able to put it on a dime when he needs to with tight man coverage, because those are the things I think that right now that he's not doing good enough. And and look, uh, all that understood that he is completing the ball at a high percentage rate. You know, what, 70 plus percent which is tremendous, absolutely. but you also have to kind of factor in what's the effective completion percentage. When I say effective, as far as how it's affecting your team, is he completing balls that's making a difference for his offense? And right now it needs to be better.
1: The uh, run game, uh, Jay Gruden talked about this uh, today. You know, there's been points this season where they've been so far behind that maybe he's come off the run a little bit early. Uh, how did you make that last week? And, you know, you know, obviously, if they get to a point where they're tied in a game, leading a game at some point, feed the rock to James Robinson sounds pretty good to me.
2: Yeah, well, you've you got to get there first. I mean, that's right. <laughs> they haven't even been there yet, you know. And so that's right. uh, it, it, it's hard to have a game where you're feeding James Robinson because you're not playing good enough to get there. You know, so I thought he did a pretty good job of sticking more with the run this game than he did. Certainly the week before against Miami, where I thought he abandoned a little bit Uh, because, you know, James Robinson is a great player. I mean, James Robinson is playing so well that right now you don't even have a reason to bring Chris Thompson on the field. I I don't care if it's third down in a passing situation or not because James Robinson is a better third down back than Chris Thompson. And Chris Thompson was brought in here to be the man on third down. You know, so credit to James Robinson, and I think there are ways that they can get creative more so with James Robinson in the passing game, and I think that that's something that I'm sure that that Jay Gruden Look, when you when you have a young player, it takes a certain period of time to get to, to the point where you're trusting him, and then also you're like, hey, look, wow, he really does this nice. Let's see if we can incorporate that in to a game plan next week to where we have a play specifically designed for him. So I think it's a feeling out, learning process, getting James Robinson more involved in a passing game. And, and obviously he's starting to take more time away from Chris Thompson now. So now you you got to kind of create things for James instead of Chris. And uh, But, you know, look, I, I think they're doing a great job with, with James Robinson. And, you know, he, he's a young player and, and he's been a, a marvelous player. I think he's the best player that they have on offense. and. And that's even considering DJ Chark. I mean, he's right up there with DJ. Uh, maybe even well. past DJ a little bit. But uh, this past game, probably not because G- DJ uh, was really good. But, uh, but JP, uh, I think the tempo of the game, when you start to play better and it's more competitive, okay, then we start getting more carries for James Robinson. But, I mean, how are you going to get James Robinson more carries in a ball game against Cincinnati when you were, you were down two scores for a good part of that second half?
1: Yeah, it, it, it went away quickly, that lead in the second half. And Well, they had the big run. The opening drive it was called back on a hold, and then they were behind the chains and then behind by two scores the following drive after that. So it went away quickly. Uh, more on the Texans' defense coming up in just a little bit. But, Logs, we're going to come back in a moment, and we're going to figure out the Jaguars' defense, or you're going to figure out the Jaguars' defense. How about that? Okay. Okay. Okay, it's going to happen. It's Jaguars happy hour and we're off and running on the Jaguars digital network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly.
4: I'm Chantelle Baker, fiancé of DJ Chark. My fiancé is always prepared with a game day plan and so am I. I'm always looking for easy ways to save time and Publix helps me tackle everything from pre-game prep to post-game cleanup with prices that are never out of bounds. This week at Publix, get a $1 off Crest Gum Detoxify 4.1 ounce toothpaste and look for new Tide Hygienic Laundry Detergent. Available at Publix where shopping is a pleasure. Slot ride! 442!
5: Hut! Hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series. America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing
2: and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales.
0: Superior Fence and Rail knows about commercial fence services. From automatic gates to security fence and railing, Superior Fence and Rail's professional team delivers with great communication, trained installers, and quality products. Trust your next commercial project with a top-rated fence company in Jacksonville. Get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail for your commercial project today.
5: SuperiorFenceandRail.com
3: have to try to keep him confined in space. When he gets outside of the pocket, he gets dangerous. Um, and when he does, you have to be able to take good angles uh, to get him down, because he's elusive. He's a good athlete, Now he makes a lot of people miss tackles, so uh, taking good angle and not uh, trusting the other people on the defense are going to be right behind you. And when you get there, you can't break down. You just got to shoot your shot, if he makes you miss, at least make him stop his feet, and somebody else is going to be right there.
1: Jaguars middle linebacker earlier today. The Jags get to face Deshaun Watson this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Loggeman, Tony Baselli coming up in about 10 minutes or so from Chicago ahead of Thursday night football. Okay, Logs, let's get into this Jaguars defense. And it is a beat-up group. Last week, uh, Henderson left the game early, the cornerback with a shoulder issue. D.J. Hayden is now on IR after his hamstring issue. But when Miles Jack left that game last week, right away you saw a, a huge difference in uh, what happened on that field in Cincinnati, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. Uh, I think that the, the, the performance level of the defense dropped significantly without Miles Jack. I mean, that, that's the level that he's playing at right now. Uh, th- there were three plays, I thought, in that ball game that really showed how, how skilled that that Miles really is, and there was one, it was a speed reverse that he handed the ball off to the receiver, and, and Miles runs him down when he gets little or no gain. I mean, there's not many linebackers in, in the league on a, on a speed reverse that can run down the receiver, and he did. Another play where he, he attacks up into the middle on a run that was an inside zone, and he, he literally he stones an offensive lineman, and he, he grabs the running back, and he just you know, wrestles him down to the ground. I mean, it was just physical. So, I mean, you got two opposite ends of the spectrum there where you got, you know, the speed that to play the, the, the position and then the power and the aggressiveness to play the position. And then the big playability on the interception in the end zone where he had great coverage, times up his hands, getting in the hands of the receiver, and then comes down and pulls the ball away. I mean, that that's that's big time. I mean, this is... This is all pro-level stuff by Miles Jack. And when he did vacate the game, JP, you were dead on the money. Uh, The performance of the defense overall dropped. Uh, Didn't have that kind of an impact with everybody else. But, I mean, when he leaves the game, I mean, you notice. I mean, it's almost like the energy just kind of goes down. But that's a lot of guys to lose in one game, you know, because, you know, CJ and DJ, you're talking two of your starting defensive backs, and you're already missing Gerald Wilson, who is expected maybe back this week. And then I think in, in the game, you lost for a short period of time Josh Allen, and then he came back, and, and I guess he appears to be fine. And then, uh, obviously, losing Miles was a significant loss in that game. So uh, this football team coming out of the Cincinnati game, you're talking about five guys that didn't finish the game, because on the offensive side of the ball, you have Cam Robinson and Laviska yep. Chennault. So what's the status of all these guys? I think that that's going to be, and obviously we're looking at the practice report, and it looks like some of these guys will play. But the reality is, JP, is that look, when you don't finish a game as 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 a pro football player, then you come back the next week just because you're playing doesn't mean you're going to be very good, because a lot of guys play through it and they can play through it and be at an effective level, but a lot of guys can't because it's hard. I mean, you're just trying to be there for your teammates, but if you're hurting, you're hurting, you know. So it will be very interesting to watch even who's going to be active, number one, but then yes. of the guys that are active, how effective can they be?
1: Now, we still haven't seen the official injury report come down today, but uh, as of yesterday, as you would expect, a lot of those guys did not practice in the first day of the practice week. We usually get a better idea on Thursday of how things will go as the week moves ahead here. Todd Wash today, though, did say that uh, Trey Herndon is the backup nickel. He said this in his press conference. So Herndon sounds like he's moving inside. It could be Sidney Jones or Chris Claybrooks to play outside at corner. Uh, and two guys that, as we saw Claybrooks jump in there last week, but uh, Sidney Jones, a, lot of, it's a couple guys that just don't have a lot of, of time in this defense.
2: No, n- neither one of them have a lot of time. And when you had Sidney Jones come in, I-, I thought it was an impressive play because when, when he came in, he had the, the rookie quarterback actually attacked him. But with the very first play, he went on a deep ball on that side of the field. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I mean, how aware is the young quarterback that he knows that he's got a, a new defensive back in the ball game, and he's going to take a shot right at him? Uh, that impressed the heck out of me uh, as far as the mindset of a young quarterback. But, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about with Clay Brooks and Sidney Jones. I mean, we've seen little glimpses, glimpses of them here and there, but we haven't seen them to where they've had to play through an entire game. And look, the, the Texans have uh, Will Fuller, who is pretty fast now. And, uh, and, and if you sleep just for a second or you, you make one misstep in your coverage on him, he's gone. And when I say he's gone, he's by you. And uh, from watching the film of their game last week, he got behind defensive backs on a regular basis. And uh, he's, he's a, he is a, one of the best, I think, in the league right now at getting vertical. And he is their leading receiver right now with the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. And so I think it's gonna be a great test for a very young secondary in the Jaguars to go against Will Fuller. And uh, the rest of the wide receiving core for them, you know, cooks and, Cobb and all these guys that they kind of acquired after they traded Hopkins. I mean, maybe this was another reason why Bill O'Brien was gone, because they've gotten pretty much next to nothing production-wise compared to what they would have gotten with DeAndre Hopkins. Bugs, let's
1: continue our discussion about Deshaun Watson. He leads the league this year in times he's been sacked, 16 times this year, but that's kind of his M.O. throughout his career. He holds the ball, he runs with it, um, I think a couple of years ago he had, what, 68 sacks or something and led the league. So, you know, and, and Todd Wash today talked about the importance of keeping him as a pocket passer, not letting him get outside, and then, that, then you have to cover for longer, and he can make plays either down the field, through the air, or with his legs in the running game. But with the pass rush in the state that it's in these days, can they go do that? Can they contain him in that pocket is the big question mark.
2: Uh, JP, you're talking about four sacks in four games for the Jaguars. One legitimately, one legitimate. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, a couple of them. I mean, the one that the, the two that Josh Allen have. I mean, he should be very thankful for the ones that he have. Has. I mean, one of them was a bad decision by the quarterback. He should have thrown the ball away. And then the other one was a, a, essentially a, a busted play and a scramble for zero yard. You know, so. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not been very good, and, and I don't expect it to change a whole lot. I think the Texans' offensive line, JP, even though the numbers as far as sacks on Deshaun Watson are pretty high, I think his tackles are pretty good. And obviously they paid a, a lot of money for the left tackle. And uh, when I say a lot of money, they paid him a lot of money, and they gave up a lot of draft capital for Larry Mutunsel, one of the reasons why I think the Bill Bryan's gone. And on their other side, they have a – a uh, young man that they drafted, Tristan Worfs, or not Worfs, uh, what is his name, the right tackle? I got it here somewhere. Uh, Titus Howard, uh, young player last year, and, and he actually looks pretty good to me. Watching him, he looks like he's improved. He's a big body guy, small school from college wise. You know, but Deshaun Watson holds the ball a lot, so the number of sacks I think that he, he can get can be very misleading as far as. Okay, you sit there and you look at it and you go, oh, man, Deshaun Watson's been sacked 16 times. We should be able to get sacks and we should be able to get pressure on him. Uh, Not so fast. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the reason he gets sacked a lot is not because of his offensive line and the protection. He gets sacked a lot because he holds the ball and he holds the ball and he holds the ball and he holds the ball. (laughs) And it gives people an opportunity to get to him. But he also does a crazy good job sometimes when he does hold that ball of making things happen down the field, that can be pretty scary. So uh, even though he can hurt himself by taking sacks, he can hurt you by holding onto the ball for that little bit of a longer instant and finding a guy down the field.
1: All right. Quite a challenge this week for the Jaguars defense, trying to get back on track against a, a Texans team that's, uh, maybe geared up this week after an 0 4 start and the loss of their head coach. We'll come back in a moment. Tony Bacelli will join us from Chicago. He's getting ready for Thursday night football tonight. And we're halfway home. It's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly
0: why live with foot or ankle pain? If you have persistent pain, numbness, tingling, burning pain on the bottom of your foot, or swelling that doesn't improve with home treatment, it may be time to see Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. Our foot and ankle specialists have innovative new options to help you get back in the swing of things without persistent pain that slows you down. Call JOI 2000 or go to joionline.net for an appointment. Change without notice. Equal housing opportunity.
4: The best thing about working at Fair and Farrah is all of
0: the employees. We all work together. It's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day. There's a, a common cause or goal. No matter what your job is, we're all there for the client. We are dedicated to our clients 100%. We do everything it takes to maximize the value of their claims.
2: Fair and Fair is really the Farrah family. When they choose us, they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to
0: make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side. Farrah and Farrah. Here for you, here for good, Jacksonville. In Florida, bicyclists have these same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. Slot
5: ride, Move 42 hot hut!
0: A great quarterback is a true leader with a
5: work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight.
2: With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the
5: NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. You know I can stretch the field I can make safeties back up even if I'm not getting the ball if I'm running downfield the safety have to respect it and things like that crossing routes or underneath routes get other guys open or in more favorable favorable matchups so uh, I think that absence is huge but I feel like if we go into a game and we take out um, James Robinson you know it's gonna be a similar situation to where the defenses are just bagging up and not respecting the run. Or, you know, if Gardner's not in, people stacking the box, not respecting the pass. Or anytime you lose, one of the main guys who
4: take most of the reps, you know, it's gonna be difficult.
1: DJ Chark Jaguars wide receiver earlier this week and welcome back Jaguars happy hour JP Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman getting ready for the Jags and the Texans this Sunday and we head to Chicago Illinois to welcome in Tony Baselli, who's getting ready for Thursday night football the uh, the Bears and the Buccaneers tonight Uh, Tony good to see you Uh, by the way the injury report is uh, due out here in just a little bit uh, officially for the Jags we'll get an update of that when it officially comes down from the Jaguars PR staff. Tony, what's up in Chicago?
5: Actually, I ended up not, I'm not doing the game. I ended up uh, staying here. And I know, long story, really? it's a complex, interesting story that I'll tell you at a later date. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm in Jacksonville, JP. I stayed home.
1: Okay. 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 Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, glad to have you here. No matter where you are, we're glad to have you here for sure. Uh, let's uh, actually, let's get to the uh, Jaguars injury report. Uh, it's about to be officially sent down, but we have it here. Hauschka uh, was full today. That's good news. Linder was full today. Uh, and then some other guys full. Tyler Shatley, not injury related. He was back. Uh, Eifert limited, Aquale limited, CJ Henderson limited today, Miles Jack limited. Cam Robinson Limited, all those guys uh, did not practice yesterday. Josh Allen did not practice for the second straight day, guys, coming off that knee issue last week. He came back in the game, has not practiced yet this week, and that's, uh, Tony, certainly a little concerning for the Jags defense.
5: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's your best pass rusher and that's talking about a a team that really can affect the quarterback right now. And and he has struggled to get the quarterback as well, but I mean, we know he has the talent, the ability to do it and to get hot and to to, uh, really stress an offensive tackle. So I think, you know, when you're one and three and you come off two losses, the way you had, you know, back-to-back losses against um, the Dolphins and the Bengals and the way the defense is playing, you need all hands on deck. And at best case scenario, I mean, that long list of injuries uh, that you just went through, a lot of more defensive players that you need to count on. And you're going against a Houston team that, you know, it's 0-4, but they got a quarterback who can play pretty, you know, he's not playing great this year, but he has the capabilities to hurt the Jaguars in the past.
1: We'll get back with uh, Jeff coming up. But, Tony, uh, yeah, when those guys went down on defense last week, There was a notable drop-off. Certainly when Jack went out of the ball game, uh, things kind of came unraveled there for this group.
5: Yeah, it started going bad before that. I mean, they gave him a couple long drives, and then JP are exactly right. When Jack got hurt, it was even worse, especially stopping the run. I think it was more pass before that. Um, But Miles Jack left the game, and all of a sudden they were getting just gashed. And you could see the run fits weren't very good. Dakota uh, Watson was struggling. And uh, they need. I mean, he's their best player right now. I I I would argue that he's the best player on this football team, uh, the way he's been playing and uh, at such a high level. So you definitely want to get Miles back out there. But we saw him, you know, hobbling noticeably on the sidelines during that game, and it'll be interesting to see um, if he's able to play. I doubt he'll be a hundred percent, but a lot of guys aren't a hundred percent this time of year or at any point after you have one game. So uh, it's a wait and see situation with him. But the bottom line is they have to play better. They have to play better on uh, on both sides of the ball, but I think uh, especially on defense, if they want to have a chance to win football games.
1: Tony, we heard from Chark there at the start of the segment about, uh, and, and basically the question was they, they kind of missed you last week, but you made your your impact uh, this past week against Cincinnati when you returned to the lineup with the two touchdowns and nearly 100 yards. It's obvious when he's in there, it gives Jay Gruden so many more options to spread things out, or they've got to cover deep, so maybe they bring an extra guy out of the box for the run game. If they're close to the game, they can go to that run game. But you've got to have all your weapons on offense. Chark, uh, see what Chenault's situation is this week. Uh, when they have all those guys out there, then Jay Gruden has his full assortment, his full arsenal, if you will.
5: Yeah, and what was Chenault's status on the injury report, JP? I can't remember what was next to his name.
1: Let's see here. Chenault uh, limited yesterday and today
5: with a hamstring. Issue. Okay, but that's a good sign that he's at least out there trying to do something. Um, we'll get to you know where they are, whether they're probable, questionable, and you know everything else tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, I mean, here's here's breaking news for you. Um, it's better <laughs> to have your really good players than not have them.
4: <laughs> I mean, he's your
5: best receiver. <laughs> you, you want him on the field, and they need him. And again we talked about with the defense and I, I mean the offense is is playing better than the defense but still your margin for error is very very small with this football team. I mean just think back to the game where you didn't have Chark, and we bemoaned the fact that there was a couple big drops and that like somehow like two plays changed the entire game early in that game. And when you're a good team and you're a, you know an efficient team you can overcome those and right now this team's not able to overcome those types of mistakes and they really need to be playing on, you know, at the highest level hitting on all cylinders uh, for them to be effective. So, I mean, having shark out there is critical. You need James Robinson. You need, uh, I think cam Robinson's a big part of that. It'll be interesting to see if he can play left tackle. They're a better team with him out there. And then obviously the play of Gardner Minshew.
1: Jeff Lagerman uh, is apparently back with us now and I'm interested to yeah. get both your guys' take on nice this. To see ya.
2: Yo, <laughs> welcome yeah, back. Good to be. Yeah. It's actually it's good to hear you guys because before I was uh, just scratchy. So I mean, you know, sometimes okay. you guys are painful to listen to, but it was really painful there for a while. <laughs> wow, thanks a lot, lugs. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, just uh, saying. I'm I mean, listening to you guys on Monday night, and sometimes you guys you're painful, painful. <laughs> you know what?
1: I agree. That those two guys are painful. Yes, I agree, Logs. I, mean, I, I do too. Um, all right, so let's let's get the uh, the, the left tackle uh, play in this game coming up Sunday. Tony, how, how good is Tunzel? And Logs, how would you attack Tunzel?
2: Hmm.
5: I mean, he's um, good. Tony,
2: you I mean, go first. How good is he? Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, he's a good player. He's in the upper echelon of left tackles in the league. I don't think he's overly physical. Um, he's a good pass walker. He's a great very good athlete. You know, he's gonna be in the right position. Um, you know, he's the highest paid left tackle. Do I think he's the best left tackle all around game? I would say no. Um, but you know, he's a guy that, you know, you look at the last couple of years when we played him, he did a great job against Ngakwe. I mean, he's a guy you you can count on as an offensive coordinator to win one-on-one matchups. So he's the type of guy that you want. Um, playing left tackle, and uh, he's a good player.
2: He absolutely shut down Ngakwe uh, the entire game. I mean, Ngakwe, the only thing, the only, the only sniff that Ngakwe got of Deshaun Watson's deodorant was when he would, he would go up against Laramie Tunsil and then wait for Deshaun Watson to escape somewhere. And then Ngakwe would, would pursue, and that's the only way that Ngakwe got near him. That was this past game against the Minnesota Vikings, by the way. And Tumsil is a, is a great matchup for Ngakwe. And the reason why is, as Tony talked about, that he's not real physical. I think the way that you have to pass rush uh, Laramie Tumsil is you have to be physical. You have to power him. You have to bull rush him. And that's not his strong suit. He, if he can sit back there and just be an athlete and catch you and not worry about your power and strength driving him back into the lap of the quarterback, then, you know, it's going to be a tough day. And so he's a good football player. You know, do the Jaguars have anybody that can bring that level of power uh, to him? I think that's the one part of Josh Allen and also Caleb on game that they need to ramp up. I think at times they're not, they're not being physical enough. When I say physical, it is, it's a pass rusher. You know, and Tony will tell you that one of the hardest guys in the world to block is a guy that's going to bring power and he's got speed and he's got move. Guys that can be what I would call, term multiple. Because as an offensive tackle, they don't know what you're going to do. And so I think that Josh and Kay Lamon need to add that to their repertoire more consistently so that they can then have the other stuff be a little bit more successful with the speed and working the edges and the move.
5: Yeah, I mean, to Jeff's point, he's exactly right. I mean, I used to say, if, if I didn't fear your power, if I didn't respect your power, you had zero chance of ever getting to the quarterback. There was no chance. You were not going to beat me. And Jeff and I have had conversations and we joke around and I'm not, and I love Ngakwe. I'd love, I wish you, you know, I wish it would have worked out here, but I told Jeff, I, I would have never, I would not have been overly concerned with Ngakwe as a pass rusher because he wouldn't have been able to power me. And uh, Tunsil's a guy that is such a great athlete that if you don't bust him in the chops early, then you have no chance. Like you have to establish and put some fear in him that you can put, you know, hit him in the mouth and push him back into the lap of the quarterback so that you, at least he's thinking about it when he sets and that he has a little bit of lean. He's going to get his hands out there because then as a rusher, you can chop the hands, you can get the edge and you can set things up, but outside of, you know, outside of the fear of power, a good offensive tackle, you're not going to threat now an average or a bad offensive tackle. You can beat all day with speed. Um, you know, speed is going to You will kill those guys because they're not great athletes. You can get the edge. And I'll go back to, you know, playing a guy like Derek Thomas, Hall of Famer, great player, fast as you can believe. And if you played him at home in KC with the sound, um, it was really difficult. But because I was not afraid of his power, I could sit deep and wait for him and just catch him. And it was, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'll never say it was easy because he was such a great player, but, um, there were guys that were lesser known names. And Jeff, you talked about one last week, I think, in Michael McCrary. Uh, Michael McCrary for the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, you know, did, was not the athlete, did not have the ability from a speed standpoint of a Derek Thomas, but he would threaten you with power enough that you had to respect it because he'd run you over if you didn't. Um, that made him very difficult to block.
2: Yeah, and, and, and what Tony's talking about, JP, for, for a lot of people out there, they might have a hard time trying to understand what we're talking about because, you know, we're saying, oh, hit him in the mouth early. As a, as a pass rusher, and Tony alluded to, to a little bit of this, as a pass rusher, when you show that you can be physical and you can power an offensive tackle, it's so funny in that offensive linemen and defensive lineman too, for that matter, everybody that plays football, there's this thing about you don't want to be overpowered. And as an offensive lineman, sometimes you can get pushed back to the quarterback, and it's okay because you're making it so much longer for the defensive end to even have an impact on the quarterback. But the mindset of football players are, I can't be pushed around. And so when an offensive lineman gets pushed around, their next reaction is when you're approaching them, they lean forward like Tony talked about, they sit down a little bit, to get ready for power, and they show their hands a little bit sooner, and in some cases show it all the way because they're anticipating that power. Well, when they sit and they lean forward, now all of a sudden when them hands come out, you knock the hands, and then you go around the guy, or or you can you know fake the power and then little little chop swim. I mean, there's so many different things that get set up off of power, and you know, and I was never a, a great pass rusher, but the, one of the things that I always did. And from watching some of the great ones do it, was that if you establish power early in a ball game, a lot of things were able to follow suit. And uh, and right now, I think the Jaguars, the edge pass rushers, I would like to see them try to establish a little bit more physical element early in the ball game, and then let the other things kind of fall into
5: place. Yeah, I want to JP. Let me add on. that. I'm going to tell two stories. Yeah, Jeff, I, I know what, uh will uh, appreciate is he's so right. It's about a, it's a mentality as an offensive tackle. It's not just getting run over and getting get out of a sack. It's the embarrassment of getting pushed in the lap of the quarterback. And that's in your mind. And two things, I'll, quick stories. I remember the first time I, we started practicing and I was a rookie and Logs was a big free agent and we were no pads. And I, he, couldn't, he couldn't have beat me in no pads if his life depended on it. I mean, I was like, man, this is a <laughs> high-priced free agent. I mean, I got it pretty good. And I'll never forget the first day we had the pads on. And I'm out there, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, I've been blocking this guy the whole time with no pads on. And we're doing one-on-one pass rush, and he came off and busted me in the mouth and just drove me back into the lap of the quarterback in one-on-one pass rush. And I was like, what in the heck was that? And it, the rest of the time, he was more difficult to block in practice because now I respected his power, and, and it made it more difficult. And the same thing, I remember I played against the, the late uh, Chris Dolman, who's a Hall of Famer. And he powered me early, and for a quarter of that football game, I was so worried about the power. He didn't get a sack, but I was all over the place and just like fighting for my life to keep him up the quarterback. And I finally told myself, I don't care if he runs me over. It does not matter to me. He can try to run me over all he wants. (laughs) And from that point on, I had no problem blocking him. And the message there is, for young pass rushers, is put the fear, just let them know, let them feel your power, because it'll change the rest of, of the game of how that tackle approaches, the, uh, approaches you as a, uh, as a rusher.
1: Great stuff. Uh, let's come back in a moment, guys, and get into the Titans situation, and we'll preview Thursday night football as well. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies.
0: change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars fans whether it's on the field or in your finances the key to success is a solid plan from high-yield banking to home lending into retirement and beyond tiaa bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money it's time for a plan start building your legacy today at tiabank.com jaguars tiaa bank is a division of tiaa fsp member fdic equal housing lender and the official bank of the jacksonville jaguars
4: at viStar we believe in better especially in helping build a better financial future for our members so we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up we've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
0: At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe.
1: Welcome back to the final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour. The Doug Marone Show coming up at the top of the hour in about seven minutes from now. JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Tony Baselli. Let's uh, take a look around the league. And obviously the biggest story in the league this week is the Tennessee Titans situation with COVID-19. More positives as the days go along here. So their building is not open. Uh, the game this week is in jeopardy. Could this game be moved is a question. Will there be a Week 18? Could there be a forfeit if they determine they broke protocol? There's numerous stories now that the Titans not only had one practice off-site when they weren't supposed to, but maybe numerous practices off-site. And it's now a a watch and wait and see what happens from Park Avenue in New York, Tony.
5: Yeah, it's... um... I mean, I would be shocked if they played football this week. I mean, you had a neuro-positive test today. Um, and so if you're not going to open the facilities, you know, you play Sunday. I mean, how you, that? it's almost two weeks you've been out of the building. So um, the NFL is going to have a scheduling issue, and they're going to have to figure out what to do and where they put these games. I mean, they can fix the one in the bye week right now. I, I, I think they're going to have to extend the season um, as we go on, uh, push back the playoffs, you know, push back the uh, – you know, either push get, get rid of the Pro Bowl and – you add a week there, maybe push the Super Bowl back, but you're going to see a change because, or you're going to condense the schedule um, based on um, how many games you end up playing, because there's no way you're going to get it through it all. And I think the Patriots are similar, a similar situation because you're having positive cuts there. I don't think they're opened up for business yet. And uh, I believe they do have a game this weekend. So uh, a lot going on there as far as the Titans in, in breaking protocol, I think it's pretty clear they did. Um, there's a lot of video evidence out there that they were practicing. Um, how the NFL comes down, I don't think they're going to come down as hard as the new regulations say because those kind of came out after all this surfaced. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see large fines maybe losing a draft pick. Um, but I don't think they'll go the for, uh, forfeiture uh, route at this point.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, you might, you might not have a choice about forfeiture. I mean, that, to me, I mean, this is only, what, uh, four games in. And the Patriots already have, or excuse me, the Titans have a second game that's threatened going into week five. You know, so uh, you may not have a choice. You know, Antonio, first of all, the the Pro Bowl, you can get rid of the Pro Bowl altogether. Oh, yeah. I I mean, nobody's going to go to the Pro Bowl. It's a a total waste anyway. (laughs) You know, so get rid of the Pro Bowl because it doesn't matter. and, And take the time that you need. If you can play every game, uh, that is in the league. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, and I know there's a lot of things being talked about, about expanding the season to 18 weeks. Look, here, here's the reality. If you need to expand it to 20, then you go to 20. I mean, that, that may be what is necessary. And, uh, and it's asking a lot, but at the same token, you're trying to perform in some pretty tough circumstances this year. And and I would expect that uh, the Tennessee Titans, I think it's going to be a pretty significant fine. I think it's going to be draft picks. I think they're going to try to find a way not to have a forfeiture. Uh, but, boy, that, uh, that doesn't reflect very well on Mike Vrabel and what they're doing in Tennessee as far as violating all these protocols. Not very smart. Yeah, the other argument is
1: that, you know, why should the rest of the league have to adjust when all those protocols were broken? If that
2: were... Proven to be the case why they were having all these positives.
5: Well, I'll go back. Well,
2: You always follow the money, JP. And if, and if all of a sudden you have to have forfeiture of games, guess what? That's one less game on television. And so if you're uh, CBS or Fox or ESPN, and if you're getting one less game, well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Look, we're, we're in this to make money. I mean, we're supposed to have, you know, X number of games, and if we don't have X number of games, guess what? You know, there's going to be a percentage decrease in what we pay you because we have less product. So, I mean, the NFL will probably try to play every game that they can. Might just have to end up, you know, stretching the season out a little bit longer. And if it takes 20 weeks, I mean, it takes 20 weeks. So be it. Well, I'll
5: go back to even – you know, you look at the Patriots. I'm actually shocked they played on Saturday and uh, Monday night, knowing that Cam had been around a number of players. They, I mean, they were aware enough to separate the people who had been close to them into a separate plane. And and now you have Stephon Gilmore coming back positive. Um, and so I think there's real threat that they don't play this week as well. So you start getting these things piling up on you a little bit. Um, and I'm with Jeff. I think you're just going to have to expand the season. You do whatever it takes. Um Bill Belichick said it today, the player safety comes first, making sure everyone's healthy. Um, obviously I think that has to be the, you know, your uh, philosophy moving forward as the league. And I think that's what it will be. Um, I just don't see I, I don't see a way you get all these games in under 17 weeks. All
1: right, guys, quickly Thursday night football, Tom Brady and the Bucks Visit St. Nick Foles and the bears. Who you got tonight, Tony? Oh, well, I got the buck.
5: I mean, I, the Bears can't score points. And Tom Brady, just is coming off five football games. That offense is getting going. Um, they're going to be without Chris uh, Godwin again, but they were without him last week and scored all those points. The Bears are just awful. I mean, just awful on offense. I mean, what they did against the Colts, and I know the Colts are the number one defense in the league, but my goodness, um, Tampa Bay is pretty good on defense as well. So I, I think the Buccaneers win this football game.
2: We got lives. Yeah, quick. Uh, uh, real quick, I, I, I'm taking the Bucks, and, and if uh, Foles was in relief as a backup quarterback, then I would have picked the Bears, but, I mean, that's what he is. He's a backup. I mean, who are we for? Logs, thank you very
1: much. We'll see you in a second. Tony, we'll talk to you this weekend.
5: All right, tell Coach I said hello.
1: We'll do it. Tony Baselli is out of here. The Doug Marone Show coming up next. Thank you for watching and listening to Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.